Hi, everyone. This is Marianne. You're listening to Random Sage with Marianne from Revealing Light. Thank you for joining me this morning. I want to look at the eclipse um, that we are experiencing on the 28th of October. And I also want to then go to the Middle East um, and maybe dig around in uh, in some historical stuff uh, that I think is important to this podcast and also challenge you to think about what is the true expression of justice? What do you see as justice? So let's start uh, this morning um, by looking at that question. I'm. Uh, we are getting very close to uh, Halloween, and so this is looking at the spectres of ghosts past, the Holocaust, dispossession of land, occupation of land, colonisation of land, those wounds that fuel the need for vengeance, war. It's very difficult to talk about the Middle East uh, without immense sadness, and I think that goes for everyone at the moment. Today we are learning that the situation, according to the United Nations, in Gaza is dire those families who are waiting for the safe return of hostages, their pleas go unanswered after the mass slaughtering of civilians in Israel by Hamas. So much death, so much destruction. Meanwhile, Netanyahu, the Prime Minister of Israel, who was facing corruption charges, who turned on his own people not not more not more than months ago and hosed them with water cannons as they were protesting for transparency and against his hardline usurp usurpation of power in Israel. We should have seen this coming. We should have seen that our complacency, dropping our guard on all of this would launch us, propel us all into this situation where we're, we're worried about war, a, a, another world war. The UN has passed a resolution, un, well, not unanimously, but by an overwhelming majority, calling for ceasefire in the Middle East. Last week we talked about sanity had left the building that anyone would know that ceasefire, hostage negotiation and peace peace talks, and then adhering to any, any solution uh, would be the only way forward, perhaps in a staged way, which would provide the Middle East with solutions and not more bloodshed. The United Nations uh, yesterday evening, I think, warned there are signs of civil order is starting to break down in Gaza, reporting that thousands of desperate Palestinians are taking basic items like flour and hygiene supplies from warehouses as Israel stepped up its operation in the territory. The UN Secretarial Secretary General said the situation in Gaza was growing more desperate by the hour. He's been saying that for days, and yet here we sit. Here we sit, and the situation is worsening. 
Already, I'm quoting from a CNN article, already dire conditions in Gaza created after telecommunications lines went down on Friday evening, deepening challenges for medical services and leaving aid agencies out of touch with their staff on the ground in the densely populated territory that is home to 2 million people. Half of those are children. We have forgotten that in this war, our global citizens are in Gaza still, doctors without borders, UN staff. UN has a huge presence in Gaza, humanitarian, World Food Organizations, humanitarian aid agencies caught up in Gaza being killed and bombed in the middle of a hellhole. The United Nations World Food Program also acknowledged that some of its aid supplies were taken, warning of growing hunger. Not enough aid is getting through. Basic survival necessities like water, electricity for the hospitals have all ceased because Israel has cut either cut them off or not allowed them through. For me, there's, in Australia, there's 45 Australians working out of the, from a heart-centred approach in Gaza, in humanitarian, on humanitarian projects. There's Americans working on humanitarian aid and projects within Gaza the UN staff from all around the world. There is a sign of people losing hope and becoming more desperate by the minute, the UN says. They are hungry, isolated, and have been suffering violence and immense distress for three weeks. Some 94 aid trucks have entered Gaza via Rafa crossing, the Rafa crossing with Egypt so far. It's not enough. It's not enough. Israel cut off the internet to Gaza and under US pressure has turned it back on. Thank God, because the UN and aid organisations like Doctors Without Borders have been caught up in this. UN says around 8,000 Palestinians have died, 1,400 for whoever's keeping toll, Israelis were slaughtered by, Hamas, by the Hamas terrorists. A friend of mine said to me over the weekend, it's time to change the channel. I listened to an astrologer that I admire, Rick Levine, talk about the eclipse. And he talked about having to let go of what no longer serves us, that what once was resource resourceful for us, a way of doing things, a way of responding, just isn't cutting it anymore. The countless wars that are fueled by the money machine, war makes money. The ways of responding which are based on decade-old thinking just doesn't cut it anymore. We've moved forward. Why is it so hard for a ceasefire in the Middle East? 
the families of the hostages want it. The world wants it. I'll tell you why. And I'll say one name, and that is Netanyahu. I want to quote from an article back in uh, the former president's time. Well, it was written by the, the Times of Israel, and I'll link it below this. The 5th of August 2022, it covers a time when Trump and Kushner were announcing their Middle East plan when Trump was President of the United States. And I'll just read, if I may, from the Times of Israel. Very strange thing happened in the East Room of the White House on January the 28th, 2020. US President Donald Trump unveiled a painstakingly constructed vision to improve the lives of Palestinian and Israel people. Israeli people, much of which was music to the ear of the average Israeli. But then Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, standing alongside him, immediately subverted it. Overseen by the US President's top aide, Kushner, the plan broke ground in taking many Israeli concerns that had been marginalised, if not ignored, in, in previous peace efforts. It was predicted it was predicated on the imperative that the rise of a Palestinian state in no way undermined or threatened Israeli security, and that the US would only ask Israel to consider compromises that would make the country and its people more secure in the short and long term. It also included numerous elements guaranteed to infuriate the Palestinians, radically constraining their future sovereign rights, denying them significant status in Jerusalem and refusing their demand for a right of return for refugees. It didn't work. The peace plan obviously didn't work. However, that's not the point of this story. This peace plan that gave Israel so much and took sovereign rights away from the Palestinians was not good enough for Netanyahu. While warmly extolling the virtues of the plan, the Prime Minister instantly rushed, smashed headlong through it, its carefully delineated parameters and informed Trump that Israel would henceforth begin to apply its laws to the Jordan Valley, to all the Jewish communities in Judea and Samaria and to other areas that your plan designates as part of Israel and which the US has agreed to recognise as part of Israel. The Trump plan had indeed designated areas of the West Bank that would come under Israeli sovereignty but as part of a hoped-for negotiated process with the Palestinians that would give them constrained state. What was unfolding was incomprehensible to the world. Nowhere in the painstakingly compiled documents is a promise made or even implied of any such immediate Israeli annexation, why would there be? It makes no sense. And yet no sooner was the East Room ceremony over that Trump's ambassador to Israel, David Friedman, was confirming, Friedman was confirming to reporters that Netanyahu would indeed, could indeed go ahead and annex roughly 30% of the West Bank Territory. In other words, Netanyahu did the dirty on even 
the dirtiest of them all, Donald Trump. That's what happened to Trump and Kushner's plan. That's what fuels Netanyahu's ambitions. And indeed, when I have read on the Middle East, Netanyahu is keeping many secrets. But back to ceasefire. The response to the Middle East is not unquestionable support for Netanyahu's actions and atrocities in Gaza any more than it is unquestionable support for Hamas's terrorism. These are complex situations, granted, but there are simple answers that are needed, and that simple answer is ceasefire. Why didn't we stop Hitler's rise? Why didn't we stop Putin's aggression? And why haven't we stopped Netanyahu's bloody vengeance? Millions have died. The Holocaust survivors, the ghosts of wars past, ceasefire, cessation of violence. We're being asked now in this Middle Eastern conflict what is right and what is just. It's not vengeance. It's not war crimes. It's not more terrorism. It's not further entrenchment of violence. It is simple and it is one word, it is ceasefire. So at this time of the eclipse, we're being challenged to look at what exactly is justice, to put aside our allegiances, put aside our triggers, and to focus on one single word, ceasefire. So I want to ask what do we, uh, what does humanity need to let go of now at this time of the eclipse? What do we need? What does humanity need to let go of now at this time of the eclipse? What does humanity need to let go of at this time of the eclipse? What does, show me clearly, what does humanity need to let go of at this time of the eclipse? We get the four of swords. We need retreat, we need ceasefire, too much death, too much death and destruction, too much death. They are the signifiers, signifier cards, the four of swords and the death card. What does humanity need to let go of now? Death and war and destruction. There needs to be a pause while we all think this through. Too many sacrifices. The world is looking at things in a different way. The challenge of our time is peace. The seven of cups in the past, wrong choices, illusion, delusion, smog, secrets, agendas, power, grabs, territory, land, resources. Manipulation, wrong choices. Five of Cups, crowning this reading, the ghosts of, 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 of the past, the present and the past, the death, the destruction, 
letting go of vengeance. The King of Swords, we need to unite Saturn energy. Now Saturn will be turning direct on November the 4th. Thank goodness. The King of Swords, we need planning. We need truth-telling. We need planning. We need strategy. We need forceful logic, forceful negotiations. The Eight of Swords, our fear, our fear of doing just that. It's like we're paralysed watching this catastrophe unfold, the death and destruction unfold. We need hope. Who will provide us with hope if not ourselves? Can we think about hope? Can we believe in hope? Can we pray for hope? Ceasefire. Endings of old cycles, letting go of ways that we have been doing things that don't work for us anymore. Queen of Wands, the feminine energy rising is one that says ceasefire, no more killing. The four of wands, home, hearth, families. The world would do well to listen to women at this time. And the nine of coins, making sure that inequalities are addressed. What does humanity need to do? Get off its polarisation ride and start to look at things with emotional maturity, unity, coming together. Allowing, allowing our fears to recede and opening our hearts. Ceasefire, one word, and all the ghosts of the past and the ghosts of present as we move into a time when the veil is very thin will tell us from that higher perspective, ceasefire, ceasefire. Thanks for tuning in. Bye for now.